Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma to the Job Seekers Podcast. Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Job Seekers Podcast. Does age discrimination exist in your job search? What you're going to learn about is age discrimination, why people do it, and action steps that you can take in your job search to deal with it. So in recent news, IBM was sued by three employees. Um, they found that 20,000 employees over the age of 40 had been fired, accounting for the majority of all firings. So I wanted to create this podcast episode for anyone who is currently dealing with the issue or somebody who has a loved one dealing with the issue as well. I would encourage job seekers of all ages to listen to this episode because it can happen at any age. You know, maybe you're in the tech industry where this is a more of a serious issue. You know, maybe you're middle-aged and getting passed up on positions because you know that employers are hiring a kid out of college because they'd be much cheaper than you. Bottom line, this conversation should revolve around how qualified you are as a candidate. This is going to be a pretty amazing episode, so go ahead and get your notes ready and let's gear up. All right, just a quick note here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. We are the LAG Job Seekers Podcast. We have a lot of really good resume tips, cover letter tips, interview tips, and job search strategy. So you're not going to want to miss out on what we have coming up in future episodes. And this is good for anyone who wants to further their career. So let's launch right into it. Um, I'll launch into it with a story that I had. Um, so for our, our service, the Let's See Grandma um, resume service, we give out a career score essentially where, um, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll grade your resume for free. Um, so I think this was a few months ago. I got a, um, resume from a hiring manager. Um, this is somebody who um, worked within the human resources department, uh, within her company. Uh, so she sent in a resume. Um, of course it was pretty good because usually people in HR have better than average resumes. So anyway, we launched into the conversation and I tell her, her resume is good. And, you know, I ask her, um, just out of curiosity, say, hey, um, what types of candidates are you looking for? I'm always curious. I'm always, you know, enjoying the opportunity to speak to HR professionals to see, you know, what makes a good resume. And her response was hilarious. She said, we are looking to hire energetic individuals who are adaptable and also on the younger side. And I'm like, excuse me, that is unbelievable you directly admitted to hiring on basis of age um, which is illegal so i just i thought this was absolutely amazing and she said it you know kind of she didn't mean anything harmful by it um it just was kind of um kind of like an afterthought there they said you know you know we, we look to hire younger people um but i think that's because you know there's such a culture of 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 youth here and trying to just hire people who are, um, younger, um, because our culture, like I said, perpetuates it. Um, so really I wanted to address that within this podcast because I think it's such an amazing topic, but this is probably the most common uh, situation nowadays, um, when it comes to hiring. So let's talk about the first topic. Does age discrimination exist? So I would think given the story, you know, that I told you, um, you would, you would think that it's pretty prevalent, right? But um, I, I think that's not enough. We should delve a little bit more into what the research says uh, because I think that would paint a better picture. Um, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, age discrimination has been a um, long time uh, part of the, the landscape in our workplace. So um, there are countless studies kind of looking over this problem and, and looking to see 
whether age discrimination exists or not. And I'll kind of point to the latest one uh, that was actually on the BLS website. Um, But this was from the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco in their economic letter. Um, This is a 2017 study uh, by David Newmark, Ian Byrne, and Patrick Button. Um, So basically, their work confirmed what countless studies have found, that age discrimination in the workplace exists. It's much worse for women than men. So um, what they did was they looked over, um, I think, 40,000 job applicants um, applying for 13,000 positions. So this is a pretty decent sample population for those in statistics. And, you know, they looked through a location of 12 cities and 11 states. So what they found um, based on these applications is the callback rate for interviews was much lower for those older applicants. Surprise there. A finding that they describe as consistent with age discrimination in hiring. So another finding that they that they were able to discover was that those who were between the ages of 64 and 66, uh, female applicants for administrative assistant jobs had a 47% lower callback rate than those younger female applicants. So it did vary by industry. So administrative assistance positions, um, sales positions, and uh, tech too, I believe. This study to me is pretty incredible, and um, it just goes to show that this has become a very serious issue. Um, It has been a serious issue for a long time, and it will continue to persist if we don't act upon it. So what are the legal implications of age discrimination? And 90,000, I'm sorry, uh, rewind, $90 million was paid out last year in violation with the Age Discrimination in Employment Act. So for those of you who need to brush up on your law here, um, the Age Discrimination and Employment Act of 1967 was enacted to prohibit age discrimination to do exactly what the title says. In Section 4, it reads, It shall be unlawful for any employer to fail or refuse to hire or to discharge any individual or otherwise discriminate against any individual with respect to compensation, terms, conditions, or privileges of employment because of such individual's age. It's pretty clear, guys. It's only one paragraph. And it goes on to say that basically, um, in layman's terms, it's illegal to not give that employee opportunities when they're currently employed or to reduce the wages of an employee just because of their age. Additionally, it's also important to note that it is illegal to just simply advertise a job posting based on age. So you can't say, yeah, we're hiring somebody for tech, no old fogies here. Great example of that. Um, So this actually is an excerpt from one of my favorite books I read in the last year. It's called Disrupted. It's a New York Times bestseller by Dan Lyons. It's just an absolutely incredible book talking about uh, age discrimination within Silicon Valley. And this this chapter I'm going to read is is pretty funny. Um, so in this book, Dan talks about uh, basically uh, one of the executives for um, this company called HubSpot um, actually goes on um, an interview and starts talking about the types of people that he would like to hire for the company. So I'll read it here. Spinner told me a few months ago that a Times journalist, Adam Bryan, had been asked to interview Halligan for a feature called Corner Office. But during the interview, Halligan starts rambling and talking about how HubSpot likes to hire really young people. Maybe he sees the interview as a recruiting opportunity, a way to reach millennials. If so, he's wrong. The Times Media Kit says the median age of a Times subscriber is 50. According to the Pew Research Center, people under 30 make up 
only one-third of the paper's audience. But Halligan tells the Times that HubSpot is trying to build a culture specifically to attract and retain Gen Yers. Yikes. I understand what he's trying to say, but he is getting a little bit too close to saying that he'd rather hire young people than old people, which is something you definitely don't want to say in public, even if it's true. Still, if he leaves things there, he might be okay. But I read on. Next, Halligan explains that young people make better employees, especially in the technology industry where everything is changing so fast and older people just can't keep up. Then here comes the money quote. In the tech world, gray hair and experience are really overrated. Only an imbecile would say this. Halligan is essentially admitting that HubSpot discriminates on the basis of age. Age discrimination has become a huge issue in Silicon Valley. Halligan is not only a tech CEO who prefers to hire young people, he's just the only one dumb enough to admit it. Halligan has just put his foot in his mouth and stepped in a landmine. End quote. This, I think, speaks volumes to how serious of an issue that this is. This can also speak volumes to what could happen if you end up working for a company that does age discriminate. Um, so this person actually ended up working for HubSpot uh, for a long time and was just treated so poorly, um, just obviously did not fit into the company culture because it was poisonous. And um, it ended up being um, very, very bad for him and for HubSpot because he ended up writing this book. These are the downfalls here and definitely something to try and avoid as much as possible. So why do people do it then? And I think it's important that if you want to deal with this issue, you need to put yourself in the perspective of hiring decision makers. And this is something that I've been hammering home in this podcast since day one. And with so much risk of getting sued, why would anyone in the right mind, even consider hiring somebody who's younger. And whether these things are being done on an unconscious level or not, these may be the reasons. Either one, people do not think that you will be easily adaptable and willing to learn. The theory that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Or number two, the financial implications of hiring somebody who is older. Um, but if you have somebody who's expecting a higher salary, it may be tougher to hire them. The point I want to make here is that these are perfectly understandable reasons to not hire somebody, somebody who is not adaptable or somebody who is too costly for the organization. But the issue arises when there is an automatic association with weaknesses with workers who are older. So, all right, let's move into what listeners or job seekers can do to combat age discrimination. And just a quick disclaimer here, um, this is not legal advice like at all. Um, just what I'm going to do is present some quick resume techniques for job seekers to deal with discrimination. I'm not endorsing either resume technique. Um, really, it's up to you to make the decision um, based on your own moral code and compass, how you want to do this. Um, but rather, I'm presenting both as options for somebody that they can use in their job search. So really, neither method addresses how to battle age discrimination head on. Um, if you want to look up, you know, how, you know, if you're, if you're, feel like you're a victim of age discrimination already, I'll put uh, a link in the resources below um, on how you can deal with that on action steps you can take. Uh, but really, this is not for that. This is this is resume advice here. And it is only that, you know, ideally, I wouldn't even be giving this advice at all because age discrimination shouldn't exist. But here goes. 
All right, so there are two strategies as a job seeker that you can take in order to deal with potential age discrimination in employment. The first strategy is to recognize that there is an unconscious bias in initial stages of your job search and to de-emphasize your age and your resume. The second option is to not worry about it. And with either option, um, there are specific things that you should do in order to make sure that you do land your dream job without age being an issue at all. So let's talk about the first one. So recognizing that there is an unconscious bias in the initial stages of your job search and to de-emphasize age in your resume. To choose not to pick this battle to fight, to go along with it and say, yes, there is a tendency for people to hire younger and I'm just going to play the game and just make myself not look um, a lot older than I am. Um, this is a common thing that I'll get from people who are my clients. They'll say, hey, should I do these specific things to make myself look younger? This is already something that's in mind. So I'll speak a little bit to that, but just letting you know that this does not solve the problem at all. You know, there really is an ethical dilemma here. Age discrimination is obviously wrong. It's illegal and should be stopped. But if you think about the issue of bullying in school, you know, there really is a lot of debate on what should be done about the issue. You know, do you teach the bullies at a young age not to bully or do you teach the victims what they can do to deal with the issue? That's what this first method does is it helps you to sort of deal with this issue and at least get past those initial hiring stages. All right. So the first thing that you would do um, in order to make sure that recruiters are not doing math in their heads, um, this seems like a pretty obvious one, but it's to remove graduation dates on the resume. And um, this is probably not going to solve the problem completely. In fact, if you do remove those graduation dates, um, it's probably likely that they would guess that you're on the older side anyway. So um, I would do this only if really um, you have a lot of other experience to cover up your education section. Don't omit this section overall. All right, number two, summary of qualifications. A lot of people overqualify themselves or give away their age immediately by um, explaining how much years of experience that they have. So what I would do if you are concerned that age discrimination is an issue is remove the mention of the years of experience and uh, just change it to significant, quote unquote, experience or extensive experience um, in your career. Tip number three for and I'm sorry to say this, guys, hiding age in your resume or outdating yourself is keep your resume down to two pages. So um, this is actually just general advice um, that I would like to give out to any job seeker, no matter how much experience that they have, is you probably can cut your resume down to two pages anyway. So um, it's almost a dead giveaway that you are overqualified to just include just every experience that you have. So three pages, four pages. Cut that down, guys. Um, it's just going to make you not look good. The other thing that you can do to not overqualify yourself or play the age discrimination game is to cut away old experiences from your resume, especially if they date to 20 plus years ago. So this is a rule of thumb. Um, this isn't hard and fast, um, but you know, typically I do recommend cutting away from experiences if they date all the way back to the 90s or early 2000s. Um, so you can cut out these experiences altogether or what you can do is you can remove the bullet points so that way these older experiences aren't emphasized as much. So I think that's really important and that probably is the biggest thing that you can do. So when would you employ this technique versus just simply not worrying about it and embracing your age? 
I would say that this could help your chances if you're applying for entry-level positions, which I see as a common case. A lot of the times I have people who are not even older, I'd say just middle-aged who are applying for entry-level positions. Guys, it's really tough, um, unfortunately, and not saying this is this is wrong, this is illegal, but this is the truth. It's that you're getting passed up um, for college-age students because employers consider them to be cheaper. So um, it's important to have a version on hand that's geared towards these entry-level positions that show that you're not overqualified. So I would recommend even potentially if you are a middle level of experience trying to apply for these entry-level positions that uh, you cut your resume down even further, possibly considering a one-pager and de-emphasizing the experiences that you have um, earlier. Once again, this is just if you're applying for entry-level positions and don't want to overqualify yourself. All right, to talk about the quick downside of this, um, say you do get that position, say you do play the game a little bit here and are able to get hired by a company that otherwise would have discriminated against you. All right, so let's talk about option two, which is simply not to worry about your age and go gung-ho. And um, typically when I'm writing for clients, I do emphasize this method because I'm usually hoping that the positions they're applying for are in alignment with um, their experience, not not necessarily that they're applying for entry-level positions. So the way to go about this is to, one, include those graduation dates. Just embrace it. Embrace that you graduated in 1985. It doesn't matter. You have a lot of experience since then that makes you qualified for these roles. Number two is to include the total amount of experience that you've worked. So don't cut away from those old experiences. In fact, leave several bullet points um, of these positions you've had um, way back 20 years ago and talk about it if it's relevant. So a caveat to this, um, once again, I'm always telling people to cut the resume down to what is most relevant. Essentially, what you want to make sure that you do is keep these sections short from 20 years ago, 15 years ago. So keep it to a couple of bullet points long if you do have relevant experience already. Number three, is let them know in a cover letter if you don't already have those skills that the job posting is requiring um, that you're willing to learn and do whatever it takes to be successful in the role. So um, if you don't necessarily have that JavaScript experience, if you don't know how to code in, I don't know, HTML, whatever it is, um, it's important to let them know that either you're currently working on that if you are or that you're willing to learn. The cover letter is a great opportunity, as I've mentioned in the past, to take away from those shortcomings um, and convince somebody who's on the fence about you. All right. So you have option one, which is basically to de-emphasize age in your resume, which works. You know, I've seen in the past uh, people are allowed to get more responses. I don't know if it's because of age or I don't know if it's because of just seemingly people are overqualifying themselves. Um, So you have that option, and then you also have simply not to worry about it and to showcase how much experience exactly you have, and therefore you definitely are qualified for this role. So I'd recommend in option two, um, this is good for people who are applying for senior leadership experiences or positions, um, and this approach would be good uh, to find a good company to work for, you know, either through word of mouth or any sort of networking. So it's, it's also really important to note that the way you apply is incredibly important. I'm always advocating for applying through your own network, through going to events, through shaking hands, making eye contact, because those are the best opportunities out there, I truly believe, rather than applying online uh, via these applicant tracking systems. 
So um, if you are going to be applying through these networking methods, it may be a little bit easier if you do have a really solid full resume. So I laid out these tips and techniques for you. Um, I hope they were useful in some sort of way, um, but really these are the two ways that I would use to address age discrimination um, or just simply overqualifying yourself in the resume. The first one is obviously more serious, but um, these both tackle that issue. Regardless, if you were going to go with method one, hiding your age, or method two, embracing your age, you should always, always, always do these things. And that's get on your LinkedIn game. You know, nowadays, it doesn't matter how old you are. I do notice those clients who are in their 40s and 50s do not have strong LinkedIn pages. Um, and that's just how it is. But it will put you at disadvantage if you are not on LinkedIn. And um, with at least 90% of recruiters on LinkedIn um, and using that as some sort of uh, vetting system for their job search, I think it's incredibly important to make sure that your profile is full and that you are trying to find opportunities on LinkedIn through your network or through um, meeting with recruiters. The second thing is just to know, um, and I already spoke to this a little bit, but have a, a decent understanding of the latest technology required to be a part of the organization. This is good practice anyway, because um, you do want to try and make yourself look as attractive as possible, especially in those resume stages. Um, so go ahead and try that. All right, so wrapping up this podcast, a really kind of a tough topic to speak about, um, but I'm hoping that it impacts some of the job seekers out there who are facing this issue. Um, but I'll put some of the resources that I mentioned below, um, such as what to do if you feel like you're being discriminated against. Um, and uh, there's actually a resource for hiring decision makers as well. So please read up if you are interested. Otherwise, please subscribe to this podcast. We have a lot of really good stuff coming up and I look forward to hearing from you next time.